Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Nick's Notes. Thank you for listening and for participating in these conversations around healthcare and health tech. I wanted to start today by congratulating my producer and the developer of this entire slice of healthcare channel, Jared Taylor, as his company, Block Health, was acquired recently by SteadyMD, um, and at the young old age of 28, he has had his first exit and acquisition. I couldn't be more proud of him and uh, couldn't happen to a better guy who clearly cares so much about healthcare and uh, healthcare technologies. And related to that topic, I wanted to talk, uh, my general thesis today is what does it all mean, right? On one hand, we read today, uh, today is July 28th as I record this, that uh, Teladoc took another, I think, roughly $4 billion write-down on their acquisition of Livongo. That's $10 billion to date that they've written down on what I think was a $14, $15, 16000000000 billion acquisition. And who knows if there's future write-downs. Uh, excuse me. But if you look at that in context of how their market cap has fallen, right? Teladoc's own market cap has fallen, Uh from a peak of around 200 to around 40 and maybe even below that now. So they lost 80% of their value and they've taken $10 billion of right now. So if you think about that, they've really taken, you have to multiply that by five. They've taken a write down greater than the value of their entire company for this acquisition. On the other hand, last week or earlier this week, we read that Amazon acquired one medical for $4 billion, right? Which, again, it's Amazon, and for Amazon, $4 billion is what 20 bucks is for you and I, right? But still, it's $4 billion, and they have to make it work, and they have to try to make it work. And on the other hand, we're seeing early-stage health tech companies still get well-funded, my own included, thankfully. Um, and we're seeing some bigger rounds in, in later-stage companies Yet we're hearing that VCs are taking longer, some companies are just getting funded, VCs are pulling back, valuations are dropping. So how does this all fit together? How is it the public market caps? Yes, there's a broader, I want, I'm not going to call it a recession because I don't actually think we're in a recession. I'm not going to call it inflation because I don't think there is inflation. Inflation, by economic definition, not to get off on that nerdy tangent, but is either a shortage of supply or an excess of demand. Neither of those things are true. What we're seeing broadly in the economy, led by the energy sector, is corporate price gouging, right? Prices are going up for things that are readily available, and people are buying at the same rates they bought before. When an airline goes and cancels a thousand flights because they don't want to pay workers enough, that's not inflation, okay? That's price gouging, right? Um, because they're still charging the same price for the seats is the point of that. But that tangent notwithstanding, um, the the point is that, yes, broader stock indices have come down about 15 to 20%, 30%, 40% in tech companies, right? NVIDIA, Facebook, these are all companies that are off their peaks by 40 or 50% or more. But in health tech, they've come down by 70, 80, 90%. But I think it all fits together in the appropriate way and in the right way. And I think something good is actually happening, right? The first thing to mention is that one plus one does not equal three or four 
or even two most of the time in acquisitions, right? When you take a telehealth company that was primarily, and I have no, I should mention, I have no relationship with any of these companies. I'm not a shareholder in any of these companies. I don't know some mutual fund I own somewhere might own some piece of Amazon, but short of that, I don't know. And I have no inside information. I'm not, I'm sharing what I read, the same stuff you can read, right? But when you look at a company that's a telehealth company that was transactional urgent care telehealth that really skyrocketed because of the pandemic, right? Paying premium peak dollars at the absolute apex of the market for a company that was doing diabetes management effectively, but for a very small percent of corporate paid very expensive patients, right? Not because they should be expensive, but because that company could charge a tremendous amount because large self-insured corporations could afford to pay. Some large self-insured corporations could afford to pay. You are looking at a company that thought, well, this, a lot of people have diabetes. And I'm again, imagining what they thought. Lots of people have diabetes. These people are effective. Our volume, we can bring the price point down a little. We're already in a lot of corporations as their telehealth partner. We have a relationship with companies and with patients. We'll plug this into our channels and great things will happen, right? Except they obviously didn't because there's been a $10 billion right now. And what does that point to? Does it point to the fact that the diabetes management solution was ineffective? Probably not. But does it point to the fact that the diabetes management solution was too expensive? Yes, for sure. Does it point to the fact that the diabetes management solution was, uh, uh, sorry, that the telehealth company did not have a relationship with corporations and patients, most importantly, as effective as they understood that a transactional telehealth service that allows you to talk to a random provider which, albeit can be important, especially during COVID, did not actually have a relationship with the patient, right? Yes, it points to that more than it points even to the efficacy or cost of the diabetes management solution in the first place. Now, on the other hand, we see Amazon uh, acquiring one medical. Now, what's important to note there is that Amazon could end up writing down this entire acquisition I don't think their stock price is going to take too much of a hit, right? Again, they're a multi, you know, over a trillion dollar market cap. This is a relatively small deal. But the reason I think it will work is the exact reason I don't think, I think that the Teladoc acquisition of Livongo did not work, which is that Amazon actually has a relationship with their patients. Except they're not called patients. They're called us. They're called Americans. They're all of us. We all buy stuff on Amazon and we all use them now. We used to buy stuff on Amazon when we needed it. Now we're on Amazon Prime every day streaming videos, right? I watched the series SWAT on there, which is really good, by the way. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's a remake of the 70s show and I'm old enough to watch the 70s show. Um, but we have a relationship with Amazon. That's our go-to spot for now one more thing. And they already have telehealth and they already have Alexa and the integrated care experience and they already have prescription delivery. So now they're plugging in 
primary care into an integrated care delivery system and a brand in healthcare. I'm sorry, and a brand with a brand we all recognize so well, right? I've often said, and I've said this when I was pitching Heal in 2014, 15, 16, I've said this now recently, there is no national brand in healthcare when you think about it. Yes, there are some medications we all know about. Statins, the, the uh, uh, Viagra type of drugs. There are some hospital systems, Kaiser, that we know about, right? But they're regional. Kaiser's in some states, but not in most. And notice we call statins, statins. We don't say Lipitor or Crestor. We say statin, right? It's a generic name for stuff like a Q-tip. We use the brand name sometimes, but we just mean something I can pick my ear with, okay? There is no national brand in healthcare. Amazon has, at this moment right now today, the best chance to be the first national brand in healthcare, right? Now, we saw Apple recently announce that they are developing a, a uh, the integration and medication reminder capability uh, and and certainly with their size and reach, they have the ability to become that brand. But what's significant about Amazon's acquisition of One Medical? Renee and I, my wife is Dr. Renee Dua, as you probably know. She's the namesake of our company, Renee, my my co-founder and heel and, and this company. She and I always talk about the fact that all the acquisitions we've seen in, in health tech have mostly been intra-industry. One health tech company by another health tech company. And the ones that have been outside of the industry have been technology plays, but not what we call the wet work of medicine, right? Actually delivering care. One Medical is an actual care delivery organization that was acquired by Amazon, which is definitely not a doctor's office, right? That represents the first foray into care delivery by a national brand with incredible size and reach that is not a health previously a healthcare company, right? That's a significant step because if it unlocks other acquisitions from what's called Fang or Bang or whatever it is, the Facebook, Google, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Samsung, you know, that contingent of companies that have more than trillion dollar market caps, we will see something really, really interesting happen. Because now you're talking about massive size and reach, virtually unlimited dollars, and the time and money to afford failure, right? That that could be really interesting to see these brands take hold and take effect, right? Amazon's a kind of company, Apple's a kind of company that they could take a money losing health tech company or care delivery company and fund it for five years, 10 years with chump change so that they don't have to worry about near-term making money, they can capture market share, right? Um, and that's, in most of their cases, that's their legacy, right? Amazon wasn't profitable for years itself until it captured so much market share that it became a profitable company, right? Now, the third thing that you see is this venture world, and you see lower market caps, and you see more discerning customers, for venture, but you still see some big rounds happening and you still see early stage companies. And I think what that points to is the same thing 
the Teladoc's troubles with Long Longo Point 2, and Amazon's acquisition of One Medical Points 2, which is we're looking, companies and venture funds are looking for more fundamentals, unit economics that work, and that applies broadly outside of the healthcare sector, right? It's a long time when Allbirds and Purple, the mattress company, were considered tech companies. They're not. They sell shoes and mattresses. They're not tech companies. They're just shoe and mattress companies with a dot-com at the end of their name. But that's a broad application, but we're also seeing the need for real value delivery. Remember, Medicare has further refined its rules for value-based care to focus increasingly on quality, overall outcomes, patient satisfaction, reduced readmissions, the things that actually matter, and they're getting better and better at policing it. At the same time, we're about to see legislation passed, it certainly looks like, that will allow Medicare to negotiate drug prices for the first time. So we're going to see bulk buying. We're going to see an increased focus on value. And this market reset will require companies to do what the first generation of health tech didn't do which is you can't just get on the phone with someone, prescribe a pill, and hope you build a business, right? Whether the unit economics work, whether the person needs the pill, you're seeing some federal investigations now to you're going to require delivery of real value. You're going to require actual relationship with the patient that extends beyond their life as a patient. I'm a patient when I'm in a doctor's office or when I'm taking a medication when I'm watching a movie, I'm a person, right? You have to build a relationship with the person first to have the relationship with the patient, right? I, I think you're going to look for that. I think you're going to look for some fundamentally better unit economics. I think you're going to have to look for real delivery of value, not gaming the system, increasing RAF scores. Oh, we reduced readmissions because we send everyone to the ER. So our ER costs went way up, but our readmission numbers look better, which is what most hospital systems did over the last few years, right? Real lasting value and real transformation in healthcare. And let's not forget, as a closing thought, it took e-commerce, it took social media, it took everything that works on cell phones, everything that works on on technology, one or two or three or four generations to get to a place where they deliver sustainable lasting value at survivable and sustainable economic value as well. So we're seeing that naturally happen in healthcare. I'm very bullish on Amazon's acquisition. I'm not as bullish. I've never been on transactional telehealth. As always, these are my thoughts. I'm Nick Desai, and I very much welcome yours. You can see and leave comments below. Thank you to Jared. Congratulations again. And thank you.